Good morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on when this finds you. Welcome to the Sound of the Loons podcast. I'm your host, Steve McPherson, and with me is Callum Williams. Cal, we're beginning with a very important topic. Mm. Can you vote? No. Okay. Because I'm not an American citizen. But you are married to an American citizen. That means nothing. <laughs> Don't you get to vote now? No. I can't. At least to my knowledge. Okay. I I mean, yeah, to my knowledge, I can't vote at all. So, Which I'm slightly devastated about. Yeah. yeah. But I, I... You should look into it. Like, that doesn't give you... I, I have looked into it. And, okay. And I, right. to my knowledge, I can't. Okay. Um, I have to, even if I get a, a green card, I, I can't vote. Okay. Right. I have to be an American citizen, which I respect and understand. Sure. Um, sure. I, I have no problem with it. Yes. I mean, I've voted in England many times. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I was going to say, what? <laughs> no. But, no, I can't. Uh, I can't, but I can't. Uh, on a serious note, vote. I'm just telling everybody. Yes. No, go, out, go out and vote. Yeah, get out there. So do you vote in England? Do you, like, submit an absentee I, I, ballot? Or? Yeah, I can still vote in England. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I obviously have to do everything online and whatnot and sure. prove that I still – I just put my parents' address in and all that kind of stuff, you know. And But um, – yeah, the, the thing is, though, Steve, I actually, I, I don't have a problem with not being able to vote. I'm not an American citizen. I, I sure. get it. There's a few things that I just accept. Like, for example, uh, car insurance is more expensive for me because I'm a foreign driver. Right. Um, you keep driving on the left-hand side of the road. I, well, exactly. Keep telling you not to do that. <laughs> if only I would just drive on the right side of the road, maybe my insurance would go down. <laughs> um, yeah, th- there's just little things like that. Yeah. That I, I just accept because I'm sure. not an American citizen. It's the way it is. It ain't going to change. Okay. So I'm I'm perfectly fine with it. All right. Well, my bet is that most people who are listening to this podcast are American citizens. Probably. And I would encourage them to vote. We have we have listeners in the UK, though. I I'm, know sh- this. I'm sure. I'm sure. You people <laughs> in the UK don't vote over here. Yeah. Um, but anybody who's an American citizen, vote. Voting Early voting started in Minnesota today, yep. I believe. Uh, my wife went out and voted. Uh, I am. I'm either going to vote early or I'm going to vote on November sixth when it's when it's election day. Uh, it's just really important. Yep. Uh, regardless of your politics, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I think this is the way we. This is how you influence government, and that to me is the thing. Is like it's just not a government if we don't hear from everybody. Yes. Uh, and I know it's not. You know, it's not a one to one democracy. It's a representative democracy. It's a republic. It's mm-hmm. you know we elect people to do jobs. Um, and there's various weirdo mechanisms <laughs> that have led to the way, you know, the government is organized now. But you can't really start changing anything until you vote. So if you have a viewpoint, uh, whether you, whatever you think about the world right now, get out there and vote. That's, yep. my, that's my simple message to open the podcast. Completely so. agree. And also, if you don't, you can't whine about it after because right. this is your chance. Right. So I completely agree. Go uh, and vote. Oh, this is America. We'll find a way to whine about anything <laughs> possible. You're telling so. this to a, a chap from Great Britain. Believe yeah. me, we are the experts in moaning and whining. Don't yes. worry about you really, it. You really you whinge, right? I believe oh, whinge, that is, yes. That is that's, the, the British that's the term. correct terminology. Yeah. It's very impressive. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. I've done, I've, done, I've done my background research. So. Uh, all right. So let's move on to some soccer stuff. Uh I'm going to take a moment to look back at, at 50K to Midway mm. uh, and the game against the LA Galaxy. Uh, before we get into the game, uh, talk to me a little bit about your sense of, of the crowd and the atmosphere of having 50,000 people there. I know you had you had the windows open, right? Yes. Like we weren't fortunate enough to have open windows in the press box. But mm. what was your sense of, of the atmosphere on the day? It was great. It, it was unlike anything I've ever seen in Minnesota before. Um, it was... There was a tremendous sense of excitement, no doubt about it, because there was. It was obvious to me there was a lot of new people there who hadn't yeah. been there before. Um, in our little radio booth that we had, um, first of all, it was very strange seeing people in the upper deck as well. Which I, I know we've had that before, but um, there was a lot of people in the upper deck. Uh, absolutely, but there were people sort of underneath us. 
and it was right, okay, weird because sure. usually we we don't have that. And um, but it was great. It was really really good. I thought the atmosphere was was fabulous. Um, I've spoken to a couple of a couple of the players already this morning um, at training, and they all said you know obviously there was a, a noticeable difference. It, we're very lucky with our fan base here, Steve. That even if it's twenty twenty five thousand, they make a heck of a lot of noise. Yeah, yeah. But doubling that. Yeah. crowd it, it it was very very loud and i actually had a couple of texts from a few people who uh, who were watching the the game on espn all complimenting the crowd saying wow yeah look at the crowd there and and, and also what i thought was 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 very good as well was they they were all complimenting how organized the fan base seemed mm-hmm. how all the chants were in unison yeah how we and, and i said look this is no surprise to us yeah this is no surprise because our fan base have been doing this for a long time yes and i i thought they made the most of the occasion it was magical and it's a day we're going to look back on for, for a very long time for, for all the right reasons in terms of the crowd and the mm-hmm. event itself and whatnot so um it's a day that's going to live long in my memory for sure yeah i i think that one of the things that's that's interesting is in some way uh, I mean, I think that the atmosphere um, in some ways wasn't all that different, um, although it was bigger, mm-hmm. largely because we have had essentially sellout crowds at the lower bowl f- for almost the whole season, I think. Yes. Um, and that has meant that, you know, it, it would almost be like it would almost make more difference to go from having like 17,000 people to selling out the lower bowl than it does to go to 50,000 because that lower bowl is already – I mean, to sound incredibly cliche, it's already rocking, yes. right? I mean, it's like, and it's always full and it's always jam-packed. And so it's been great the whole season. And so adding the upper deck, in some sense, we're not used to having anything up there. So it, 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 it's a diff- it didn't change the vibe as much. I think some of the players I talked to sort of felt like, you know, for them on the pitch, the, the, it's, it's more a testament to how good sort of the faithful have been in yes. terms of providing that atmosphere. It's great to bring in all those new people. And I think this is one of the challenges that the club has going forward, which is that we do have a really strong, hardcore devoted base. People who have been, you know, season ticket holders since Blaine, people who have followed the Thunder uh, for years and years and years. And and that is like the spine of that support. But, you know, you we want everybody to get a chance to experience this. Absolutely. You know? And it's it's we want to bring new people into the fold. But those new people who come into the fold aren't necessarily going to know all the chance. They're not mm-hmm. going to know. So in some ways, you know, like that hardcore base is always going to be the thing that drives that atmosphere. And that was there. And that's always been there. Yep. And so in the match, I felt like in some ways, I, I, I mean, I wasn't disappointed. But in some ways, I was like, oh, it made me realize that the hardcore base – and the people who have been coming out, you know, week after week, who have been selling out the lower bowl, that's what drives it, you know. Absolutely and it's it fantastic to get new people in there and set the record, and it's going to be a momentous occasion to look back on. But I, again, I just feel like it's a, it's more a testament to the devoted uh, Minnesota United fans showing up that it almost made no difference to add thirty thousand people on top. In some ways, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was it was really fun. It was a really fun day. Uh, a lot of a lot of great stuff. The fireworks were terrific. The yep. you know the post show performance was great from Harm. I only got to see a little bit of it because obviously after the game is when most of my work happens as I'm scurrying around collecting quotes and then writing a recap. But um, but it was great to see, uh, you know, all that was terrific. The game, not <laughs> as much. Um, I sort of felt that – I at least felt that it was different from the Philly and Colorado games and that I didn't think it was sort of an overall poor effort. I mean, those games both felt like sort of inexplicable, like after successes, again, you know, the recent successes, like what, like there was sort of a fall off overall. 
Um, it sort of felt more like it, there were some missed chances early on, and then there were some moments where that focus just we just lost a little focus, and that was enough for a team for a Galaxy team who was playing who are playing to get into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, what we must do is we must credit LA Galaxy because yeah. they clearly came in with a plan and executed it very very well. Mm-hmm. Um, Minnesota United. I mean, I'll, I'll semi-disagree, Steve, and, and, and say for, for me, a performance like that still is, is unacceptable. Yeah. I, I didn't think it was good enough. I didn't say it was acceptable. <laughs> but I just... I thought it was, you know, it, it, it began well, mm. and I thought that they were, at least defensively, it seemed like they were marking a lot closer. Mm. They were trying to get in the way of balls early on. And then that little moment of letting Zlatan, like, Get a little free in the box was all it took, and then that sort of yep. changed the, temp, the the tenor of the game. Yep, and 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 I completely agree that changed the tone of the game absolutely. But I think too many individual mistakes again. Mm. It, it's been a consistent theme with with this group. And look it, again, as we said in the last podcast, it's going to be a very interesting off season. But look, we'll we'll credit LA Galaxy. They obviously came in with a lot to play for, and they got what they wanted, and more obviously and arguably uh, in terms of scoring three goals. Watching Zlatan Ibrahimovic, I'm sure, was a highlight for many people coming in for the very first time to watch, mm-hmm. and, and those that have, have watched this team throughout the years. Uh, it's always good to see a, a star like that playing his trade here. Well, um, if you if you think back to the team playing, you know, in front of 2,000 people at yeah. NSC, imagining that, <laughs> right. you know, Brent Coleman was on those teams, right? Yep. And here he is starting and having a, like, man mark Zlatan Ibrahimovic. And getting like, man of the match and deservingly yeah. so as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah I mean, that, that, that's a good point, Steve. The fact that, you know, it, it was sort of like a almost like a semi-reward, really, for a lot of people to be able to watch these kind of players uh, come and and play. But, you know, look, I mean, ultimately disappointing, but the one thing we will always remember is the big crowd and the atmosphere, and I can't wait to have that atmosphere at Allianz Field at the start of 2019. Yeah. Uh, One thing I wanted to mention, just something that I was noting, because it's it's become a sort of a thing that's happened recently, is, um, you know, we've seen Angelo Rodriguez have some issues with offside calls. Uh, A couple things called back now for that over the last few games. How much of that do you think is based on still just not being on totally the same page timing-wise? And how much of that is, I don't know, something else? Like, I, to me, it seems like a lot of it is not – it's different than – like, we knew – like, Abu Dhanladi struggled with that. Mm-hmm. And that seemed to be more of like he would be way offside. Like, he would simply sure. be – make his run way too early. With Angelo, it's, it's often just like his head. It's just like a little bit of a timing thing that it seems like if they could solidify some of that and maybe some of that is simply still him finding – that chemistry with with guys. I think with Abu Dunladi, especially because the majority of this happened in his rookie campaign, there was an element of naivety about it. Yeah. And because he's just raw, he's quick, he wants right. to get in behind, but sometimes he's a little too eager. With Angelo, I, I don't think there's an issue at all. I don't think there's a problem. Right. I'd rather him be making efforts to manoeuvre inside and, and, and be active, uh, actively towing the line and be offside from time to time than, than not. Right, sure. So, yeah. Uh, I, I don't think there's an issue at all, Steve. I, I, yeah. I, I really don't. Yeah. I, I My tendency is not to feel that it's any sort of inherent problem with him, but simply, you know, again, he's still relatively new to the team. And mm. that, you know, that familiarity with when guys are going to get the ball in, when they're going to send it, when to make that, just to make that little run. Yep. And you got to keep doing it. I mean, it was a thing, I remember when we had um, Ethan Finley on and uh, we were talking about that, sort of towing that line. Like, you're always running on that line. And sometimes you're going to be offside and... and and then you're going to get called back. But when you're not, then that's when you have – that's your best opportunity to score a goal, yeah. as we saw. I mean, you know, that's probably three or four goals he could have had that that get negated by an offside call. So. Absolutely, yeah. And and it's it's just unfortunate, you yeah. know. I mean, yeah. I'll tell you the one thing, Steve. We, we have had rotten luck with VAR this uh. season. 
No doubt about it. I don't, we're not going down that rabbit yeah. hole again. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, I we've just had, like, feel... two other shows almost entirely devoted uh, to yeah, the air, so, yeah. I, I just feel... It's not an excuse. I just feel that this is... We're just... We don't have Lady Luck on our side at all. And, yeah. you know, if, if it was any other team, if we scored, uh, sorry, if we had that goal scored against us where Angelo's offside, it, it wouldn't go to VAR. I just feel like yeah. we're just so unfortunate with VAR at the yeah. moment. I feel like Zlatan's had a couple of goals this season that maybe they could have looked at again. Yeah, uh, I mean, so. you could say the the one against us as yeah. well. I mean, I, I, okay, the debate is, is, is it clear and obvious? And, and no, but um, I just feel like we we're on this... This run of, of misfortune right now that if we score a goal like that, that gets caught against us. Right. And, yeah. You know, look, there's just nothing you can do about it. It's, it's just been one of those seasons. Yeah. All right, let's zoom out a little bit. We're going to talk about Decision Day, which is coming up on Sunday. Like yep. every team is playing uh-huh. at the same time. It's fabulous. Super dramatic. So <laughs> uh, I want to look for some, some, we're going to talk about some scenarios and get some predictions from you. Uh, so New England Revolution are playing Montreal Impact. Uh, Montreal needs to win to force Columbus to have to beat us. Mm-hmm. What do you think New England versus Montreal? Can can Montreal pull it off? They can, but I think it's going to be a draw because I think the revolution okay. has been the revolution has been good at home this year. Yeah. I, I think Montreal I like them. Uh they they obviously have turned themselves around. Remember when they came here and they were awful they were Right, awful. yeah. I think that we got them at the Nader. Just just literally before season. they started to yeah. to start improving, but um I like Remy Gard as a manager. He was the manager at my team, Aston Villa, for, for a short time, far too short of a time. Um, right man, wrong time, really, mm-hmm. for his, his time at Aston Villa. But um, I, I like him, and I think we're probably going to see the better and the best of them next season when, when Remy Gard again has another opportunity to, to invest um, sure. and, and do some scouting and whatnot. Because he, he's had that year now in MLS. This is his first year right. in MLS and now he's he, seen a, the a better grasp on, on yeah. the league. So I think we'll see a better Montreal next year. I'm a big fan of Greg Berhalter. <coughs> I really yeah. like Berhalter. Uh, I think he's done a tremendous job with Columbus Crew considering what's been going on in the background there yeah. and everything, yeah. you know, and, and how very much in the headlines uh, in terms of that they may or may not be going, who knows. Right. So, um, it wouldn't surprise me at all if it was a draw in New England. And yeah. then Columbus, as you said, they, they know they have to beat us. Yeah. One of the things that... <clears throat> sorry, I'm sick, as is everybody, so I'm a little <laughs> froggy. But anyways, um, I mean, one of the things that I think is interesting is that if, you, if you've if you watched... I mean, I haven't gotten to see a tremendous amount of um, Montreal Impact games this season. But what I've seen is a team that likes to counterattack, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, they have these threats like Piotti. And, yep. you know, so you get him out in space. You sort of, like, fall back absorb the attack, and then get it out to those guys who can score. Um, but you need the other team to try to score. And New England does not ha- is not like a, a dynamic attacking team. Sure. So New England at home is probably going to want to sit back. And Montreal wants to sort of sit back and absorb an attack. Like mm. I, somebody's got to start attacking. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> you know, so I can, I can fully see the, you know, the, a draw coming out of that because of sort of that element of the teams. Both have got decent attacking pieces. I think Bunbury's had a, a good year at yeah. the Revolution. He's really, really uh, done ever so well um, when you compare it to the last couple of years that he's had playing out wide. Finally, sure. someone has, has realized that, no, he is a center forward. He's not a wide player. Um, you mentioned Piatti as well for the impact. I wonder, Steve, if if Piatti was, was on... Uh, if he was on a, a sexier team, I consider Montreal a sexy team, but there were, would be right. those who, who wouldn't. <clears throat> sure. I wonder if he was on a, a Red Bulls, New York City, or a, a Galaxy or something, would he get more attention? 
because I think he's been absolutely phenomenal this yeah. year. Um, as we mentioned, playing on a team that the first half of the year, they, they didn't really get going. So um, we'll wait and see, but but I think a draw is probably the, the probably the most accurate outcome there. Do you think say. like 1-1 one, one or scoreless or what do you two, think? 2-2. Two, 2-2? Two, two? Okay, yeah. all right. Um, let's move on to the hated LA Galaxy, uh, <laughs> our new arch enemies, uh, versus Houston. Uh, LA needs a win to get into the playoffs. Yep. Obviously, they got they got the win last week. Uh, Houston has been not good on the road. They are 1-10-5. So, uh, it seems like it gives Galaxy a pretty good shot at home to, yeah. to make it in. Yeah. And uh, RSL has this, I mean, Real Salt Lake has to stand there and just wait because mm-hmm. they don't have a game. How painful oh, would it be to be an RSL fan yeah. next <laughs> right. week? I know, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the writing's really there on the wall, isn't it, that the Galaxy will again be a part of the postseason. Um, but this is Major League Soccer. And stranger things sure. have happened. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I mean, Houston has won one game on they the road. Have. Long that's time as, ago, that's as many as, as as we've won. Mm. <laughs> so a while ago, though, from what I remember, <laughs> I, I just think the Galaxy at home. It's the Galaxy. It's just it's what they do. Yeah, I, you know they. The last year was obviously it was the worst season in franchise history for them, and I just think with someone like when you've got a threat like Ibrahimovic, you're always going to be dangerous and. I love the fact that as well, and, and he scored against us over the weekend, Ola Kamara. People completely forget about Ola yeah, Kamara yeah. because of Ibrahimovic. Right. To the point this year, Steve, where it, 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 so, it was so bizarre to me that they played that Ziggy Schmidt, and I like Ziggy Schmidt, I think he's a good coach, but he played Ola Kamara out wide. Like, Ziggy, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> he scored 17 goals for Columbus Crew last year. Like, yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. And I know you have to make room for certain players and whatnot. And yes, he can play out there, but is it the best situation? No. But, I mean, look, for, for me, I think the Galaxy will comfortably beat Houston Dynamo over the weekend. Yeah, I sort of expect the same. All right, uh, New York Red Bulls versus uh, Orlando City uh, at home, which is Red Bulls do fantastic Bulls, right. at home. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. seems like a lock for the Red Bulls. Um, so that means that Atlanta is going to have to beat Toronto in Toronto to capture the Supporters' Shield. What do you think about Atlanta-Toronto? I mean, my mouth drools. At Atlanta not winning. Oh, no. That's what you want. <laughs> Just at the prospect of that game. Yeah. I mean, Jovinko and Almiron, you know, Martinez, I know Altador won't play because he's injured now and he's had an operation. But Well, Almiron's injured, isn't he now? He's, he's Almiron's out. injured, but there is a, a whisper that a he, might, of hope. Okay. he might be playing. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, even if Amaron doesn't play, they've, they've still got a plethora of, of quality as well. I mean, I, I know he's had a bit of a, a settling in year, but that's because Ezekiel Barco is 18. Yeah. You know, I still think he's he's going to be world class. I really think he's, mm-hmm. he's a player to watch. Um, Atlanta are so disciplined and, and they're so quick on the break as well. Martinez has, has obviously had a wonderful year. So, yeah. Um, Although at, he's, been, he's, he's well. been slumping a little. I mean, Martinez has fallen off a little bit. Well, yeah, because he's know. got 30 goals. You know, I mean, I think I mean, you're all right to have a little bit of a slump <laughs> yeah, at some yeah, yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like the, I, I, you know, to me, Toronto, I feel like Toronto is a team that, you know, has had a disappointing year after doing oh, phenomenally well last year. Maybe, you know, I feel like they may be relishing the chance to play spoiler to Atlanta's hopes of cap- capturing that supporter shield at home. And this is their chance to sort of say, you know, we we blew it in a lot of ways this year, mm-hmm. but we can do we can right now we can we can screw somebody over. <laughs> no, I, I I agree with that completely, but I yeah. just don't think it's going to happen. I just think Atlanta okay. are so Atlanta are so disciplined and organized regardless if they're at home or on the road. Mm-hmm. Um I honestly I I really fancy Atlanta in that game, but I mean the the, the interesting thing for me now is 
how are they going to react with the news of, of Tata Martino yes. announcing that he's leaving at the end of the season? Yes. That, that was I, Here I just said, side note, Tata out. That's all I have. So, <laughs> so um, Well, yes, I mean, look, and, and we, um, in my opinion, we, we have to thank Tata Martino for, for giving us this wonderful football we've all been watching for the last two years in MLS. And yeah. the, the players that he's brought in, I, I mean, there's, there's a very... When we went down to Atlanta last year, there is a very South American feel with this team. Sure. Uh, as there should be, because that, that's his identity. That's what he likes to do. He likes to have these, uh, I guess you could call them flair players, couldn't you? And, yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, but, but also that what, what I admire about him is he understands the league he's in as well. And you can't do the entirety of the team with South American players and, and that kind of style. You have to have the MLS grit. You have to have... Yeah semi-blue-collar players in there Michael as well, like Michael Parkhurst yeah. and Jeff Laurentowitz, you know, yeah. and um, I think they're a really, really good outfit, Atlanta, and they, they, yeah. they are my pick for, yeah. to win the whole thing. The, uh, the, the Tata stuff is going to be interesting to me because I think that, you know, you look at the way different teams are constructed, and you see a team like, um, you know, SKC with Peter Burmese, where it's like he is integral to mm-hmm. that team, and... Tata in the two years so far has been integral for Atlanta, mm-hmm. but Atlanta was never really constructed, I think, with the idea that like they were going to get their guy and then that's who they were going to have forever, the same way that Vermees sort of feels in, in SKC. Yeah. I think that the, the model for them is going to be bringing in world-class talent, elevating that world-class talent, and then it moves on. You mm-hmm. know, And this is going to be one of the first major tests. You know, There's rumors about Almiron moving on and Martinez moving on. You know, they... They've now signed Pity, I believe, right? This is or they. This is Ma- Martinez, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I don't think it's done yet, but it, it it's, seems to more or less be done. Like, yeah. And but by the way, whilst we're on this subject, I love the fact that we're turning into this league. The MLS is turning into this league. Martinez for River Plate, he's the, one of their main stars, and yeah. we're spending fifteen million dollars to bring in a player like that. I love that. This is not a retirement league. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> and people miss these kind of signings because all they see is, you know, the the superstars when they come over here. At, at, I know it's now a younger age, but still 31, 32. Those are the, the headlines. Those are the signings that make the headlines. This type of signing goes under the radar, and we need to, to do a better job, I think, of, of making this kind of signing a headline. Because, for me, Martinez is going to come in and, and be one of the best tens, if not the best, in the league. He's yeah. going to be wonderful. I can't wait to see him next season. Yeah, and so that and to me, that's the thing is... is, is I mean, Atlanta has obviously been rightly celebrated for succeeding as an expansion franchise Absolutely, right out yeah. of the gate in this impressive way. But to me, their model has not been to build a team that then this is the team they have, you know, year in and year out, and they rack up trophies by playing these same guys until they're in their mid-30s or mm-hmm. something. Like, the idea of the team is to churn, is to bring in guys like Almarone and Martinez, uh, you know, provide them a stage to then move on to something else and then sure. bring in other guys like mm-hmm. Martinez 2, I'm just going to yeah. call him the sequel, um, you know, who then continue to elevate it. And and I think that Atlanta will really only, I mean, I think we we will really only see how successful they really are like years as this after this turns over a few times. If they can, if they can continue to have success mm. as they move a new manager in and then new marquee players in and then move those guys out and then yeah. move other guys in, then you'll really be doing something because then, you know, then it's not simply just spending a whole lot of money mm. to get the best guys because you have more money than everybody else. Right. It's spending a lot of money, but then, you know, making money off those guys moving out and using that money to put it back into the team again and continuing to do that. To me, I think in that, you know, I think that a lot of us are used to in other sports 
you know, the Golden State Warriors or something or, you know, the Red Sox or, so, you know, like dynasty teams where it's sure. like you get your team and then you hang on to it. You mm-hmm. know, like these are the guys. I think Atlanta's trying to sort of go in a direction that says, like, you know, we get the best guys, but then when they move on, we get the next, we get another yes. set of best guys, and we keep doing that. So yeah, which is great. It, it's a big off season for Atlanta, yeah, because as you mentioned, Almiron and um, Martinez are, are been linked very, very heavily with moves elsewhere. Um, I'd be very surprised if Almiron was with them at the start of next season. Yeah, uh, but also Michael Parkas is out of contract. He's been fabulous for them. Obviously, we've already stated, no manager, Tata Martino is off. Right. Um, I'm intrigued to see who they bring in. Maybe it's Scalotto from uh, from Boca Juniors, who, mm-hmm. uh, again, I love the fact that MLS <coughs> is becoming this league. Um, yeah. We'll see. So it's, yeah. it's a big one. All right. Uh, Chicago Fire versus DC United in Chicago. Can DC United get that win on the road to get home field advantage in the playoffs? I would like to say yes, but knowing the way this league works, no. Because <laughs> they've already secured postseason football. Yeah. So I just, I, knowing the way this league works, you could just see, and it would be something bizarre as well, like Dax McCarthy scoring from a, sure. a corner or something. You Why know, not? Like just <laughs> An Olympico from Dax McCarthy. Right, right, exactly. It would just be something so bizarre like that, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I, I'll. I mean, how can you not back DC? You know, it's tough to it's tough to bet against them with the way Acosta and Rooney have oh, been playing. I mean, it's been amazing. So, Acosta's and what a story! Great. Like that turnaround oh, has been incredible. So. Fabulous, absolutely wonderful. Um, although I do think DC will go out in the semifinals um, okay. in the playoffs. Okay, we'll see. All right, um, who ends up on top out west? You basically have LAFC, uh, Sporting Kansas City, and FC Dallas in a tussle for that. Uh, Sporting Kansas City can win it outright with a win over LAFC this weekend. LAFC can win on goal differential if they beat SKC over FC Dallas. Um, Who do you like out there? Who do you think ends up at the top? Sporting Kansas City. Okay. All all day, every day. Um, Before we move on to them, um, LAFC, by the way, Bob Bradley got my vote for manager of the year. Okay. And I know know they've spent money. I know they have. Yeah. But let's not look past. They are an expansion team. Yeah. And Bob Bradley has... He's brought in the right pieces when he's needed to. Like signing someone like Benny Failharbour, that was a stroke of genius in my opinion. Everyone mm-hmm. was like, God, they've paid way too much money for him. He's going to be 33, 34 this year. No, Benny has played in this league and, and elsewhere in the world for a long time for a good reason. Yeah. You know, He was the, arguably the centrepiece of sporting Kansas City mm-hmm. for the, the previous couple of years. There was one year where he scored like 15 goals from midfield. Like That was a tremendous signing yeah. for, for any expansion team. So for me, Bob Bradley has, has done a tremendous job. He's, uh, he's brought in some really, really good talent. Um, Walker Zimmerman, I, mean, I don't know if he'll, he'll be at LAFC next season, but I mean, he's, he's elevated his game massively at sure. LAFC under Bradley. And, you know, I, I'm really intrigued to see what they do moving forward. But anyway, so Sporting Kansas City for me, you know, there's no bigger fan of Vermees than myself. Yeah. Peter Vermees, for me, is the obvious choice. If the U.S. wants an American manager moving forward, he's done it consistently, developed players. Uh, the first two designated players in, in club history um, for Sporting Kansas City were Americans. Um, or the, sorry, that's completely wrong. The f- the I was going to say. No. Yeah. <laughs> I was ready to agree with you. Sorry. The, the two um, Americans, first two American DPs at Sporting Kansas City were developed under Peter Vermees, Matt Beasler and Graham Zussi. Mm-hmm. These are players that went on to play at the World Cup for the national team. He's also uh, brought in so, so many of the, these younger players coming through now. Uh, Jalen Lindsay, uh, Gianluca Busio, all coming through the Sporting Kansas City Academy and the identity that they have. It's all from Peter Vermees' vision. 
It really, really is. Um, I, I'm a massive fan of, of him. Uh, for me, he's the obvious choice. I think... I, honestly, I, I think Sporting Kansas City, they, they've bottled it the last couple of years in the postseason. I, I, I'm backing Sporting KC to go to the final this year. Against Atlanta. Against Atlanta, yeah. And lose. Yes. Okay. Um, so <laughs> you you believe SKC beats LAFC yep. on Sunday and wins the Western Conference outright? Yep. Okay, fair. All right, uh, 538, uh, a website of numbers. They have a lot of numbers. Uh, has uh, the Red Bulls in Atlanta as even favorites for the Cup at this point. Um, slightly favors Red Bulls versus the Supporters' Shield, although you seem to say you think Atlanta wins the Supporters' Shield. Yep, okay. So. Um, SKC is at 19% for the Cup, uh, Seattle at 8%, NYCFC at 7%, LAFC and FC Dallas are at 5%. Below that, it's, you know, it's sort of sure. margin of error. Um, <clears throat> Dark Horse favorite, if it's not Atlanta, you already said it, you believe Atlanta for the Cup. If it's not Atlanta, who do you think comes out of that sort of group of six-ish teams? Or one that's not even there. Maybe you think you know the huh. somebody crazy gets in there. Um, I think um, at the moment there is uh, at New York City. I think the they, they do strike me as that they're slightly unstable. Sure. I think New York City. I think there's been a, a too many changes. Um, the Red, you, you always want to back the Red Bulls, yeah. But it's just every year they fall short. Sure, every year they've never won MLS Cup, and how bizarre is that? That is very Think strange. Of all the players that they've had in the past and what they've done, they've been in the league since '96 and they've never won MLS Cup. Yeah. Um. I mean, do do, do you back DC? I mean, do you back them to continue uh, the? Yeah. Building of their momentum. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting because I'm not sure what I don't know what kind of statistical work has been done on this, but the idea of momentum heading into the playoffs and things like it, that. It is true in this league and, for uh, sure. And the question of you know like and it's different for different leagues and things like that. But you know, is it is it the recent form? Is it the overall form? Um, like I'm a little suspicious of Atlanta, you know, in the playoffs. Um, because of the lack of Almiron, if he isn't able to come back, uh-huh. they have not seemed as dynamic. Um, Joseph Martinez is a goal-scoring wizard, but he needs somebody to sort of get him the ball. And I mean, you know, he, he relies a lot on Almiron in that position. Mm-hmm. They also have the fact that they are losing their coach next year. Like, the, hmm. like what is what effect does that have? I like Red Bulls, you know, personally. Um, I sort of would like to back them for the Cup. Um, but I also really like Sporting Kansas City – like as an organization, like the more I learn about it and the more I see sort of parallels to the Spurs in in, in the NBA or something like that, like a sort of small market team that has a, a methodology and has a plan and wants to execute it. I want I want that kind of thing to win. And then DC has that emotional feeling of they were they were dead in the water in the middle of the season and they have come back to life. And so, you know, do you just look at the last you know, dozen games, and you say DCs looked like world beaters uh, at a lot of moments in those in that last dozen games. So. It's hard to argue against it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. This can be interesting. It's fun. I, lo- um, I, get, I love this time of year. Yeah, it's just fabulous. It yeah. Really, again, like how can you not watch MLS right now? Yes. Yeah. It's going to be great. It really, really is. Really looking forward to, to our trip to Columbus as well. That's, That's exactly what. Look at, yeah, look at this professional. He just knows exactly <laughs> where I'm going with my segues. Uh, look, let's look ahead to Columbus. Uh, it's. Very difficult to get a win on the road in this league. Yep. Particularly against an opponent who's really playing for something, which Columbus <laughs> is. And particularly against a superior opponent, because Columbus is a better team than than we are, I think. Yep. It's fair to say. And particularly when it's almost inevitable that this game is just meaningless for Minnesota United. 
I mean, and I don't mean that in like, there's obviously, I mean, and Adrian has emphasized this. Mm. There's a lot of people who want to be on the team next year. There's yep. a lot of things that, that come down to that. I'm saying that like, if you're looking at an entire roster of guys and you look at what it takes to win in this league and it takes 100% buy-in most of the time from everybody who's on the field, if everybody's buy-in is just 98%, then you're in trouble, you know? And yeah. that, like, it's, it, I, I feel like it's, it's just human, right? It's just human that there's that moment where you're out there and you're like, I don't want to get injured. <laughs> this is the last game of the season. Maybe I'm being too negative. This is just my opinion. I am also a wuss who doesn't play sports. <laughs> so what do I know? <laughs> but like, what, what do you see for the Columbus? I would love to see them show up and just take it to the crew. That'd be amazing. Oh, it'd be, it would be, I mean, can you imagine how, how, how bad would we feel if, if we beat the crew and then it was announced that they actually weren't staying in, in Columbus. Right. Oh man, it would just be heartbreaking for I would, them. Wouldn't I would it? feel I mean, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no mercy. I, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just I, maybe I'm just giving the team a hard time, and now they'll go out and prove me wrong. So I, I mean, look, it's it's a big day for Columbus. Reverse curses. on a, and, and off the field for them. I mean, because as I said, still we we don't know. No one knows if they are going to stick around. You know, obviously they had the uh, the announcement that they are in talks with an investor. Great, brilliant. It's not done yet, though. We don't know if they're sticking around. So this right. could it was not well an be. entirely encouraging, you know, the announcement that was like that from the investment group that was like, we are looking forward to continuing to think about talking about this. Yes, yes. Didn't seem like a slam dunk to me. Uh, so. Right, I completely agree. And, and look, none, none of us want the crew to move. Like, the crew have to stay in the league. It's a league original. I mean, like, and how great would, is Columbus FC Cincinnati going to be? Like, exactly. Like, sticking around like that would be great. One of many reasons. Yeah. Like, you know, just... So, look... It, it's going to be an emotional day, no doubt about it, because as I, as I mentioned several times, people still don't know. We don't know if they're sticking yeah. around. This could very well be the last game at Crew Stadium. Right. So first of all, we feel very privileged to be there. Um, a plug for the broadcast, we're, we're going to have a, a load of Columbus Crew legends come on and talk about it. We're having Ethan Finley come on and talk about oh, it fun. as well. Ethan is um, great also. He'll be great. He'll be great. Obviously, he'll be on the broadcast for obvious reasons, having played for the crew. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're hoping to talk to Kyle Martino from NBC's Premier League coverage as well. He played for the crew. So okay. uh, we, we've got a lot coming up on, on the pregame show, so it should be really good. Um, I, I just, I, I'm really intrigued. The one player who, who I actually, I, I've been very impressed with for the crew this year, and, and as soon as he made the move, I thought he would be good. And I spoke to Adrian about him uh, earlier today at training, uh, was Jassi Zardes. If ever there was a player in need uh, of a new scenery, it was him mm-hmm. because at one stage he was playing at right back for LA Galaxy last season. Right. <laughs> I thought, what, what, what on earth is going on? Seems um, like not the place he should be. No, and and he, he's he's tremendous at towing the line. He reads the game very well, but he's he's very raw as well. Like he he, he has a tremendous amount of pace, and he's not bad in front of goal either. Sixteen goals so far this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and, and not to be negative but I'd, I'd back him adding that number <laughs> over the weekend I really would um, so look I mean Igu- Igu- is he in your fantasy lineup because you have not updated your fantasy lineup since the since the spring season probably okay <laughs> it's, um, a, it's a travesty in there let me tell you there's like oh was it really yeah everybody bounced out and so now it's just like <laughs> eight, eight people now it was like 20 at the beginning of the year we need so. to take it so much more seriously next season don't we, we I, I am and I am housing that I am uh, well I bet you are because you're the only one to change this team <laughs> no, 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 no 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 Jamie Watson is incredibly competitive about fantasy oh, and I am pantsing yeah. him so J- Jamie's incredibly competitive about anything I know but yeah I mean, um, so I mean, look, Iguain's been great as well. Yeah, uh, and and look, uh, Will Trap 
um, appreciation fan club right here. I want Will Trapp on this team. Will Trapp, for me, is one of the most underrated players in America right now. I think he's fabulous. Yeah. um, you know, uh, he'll he'll obviously uh, he, he's a big part of their their franchise. So um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, Zach Stefan in gold as well. Looking forward to seeing him live. Yeah. I've seen him live before, so looking forward to that. So um, emotions will be high. Yeah, no doubt. I'm, yeah. I'm intrigued to see what kind of a crowd the crew have as well. Mm-hmm. So, right. I, but I'm just intrigued to to be in the city of Columbus for those you know two and a half days or whatever days, it is. Yeah. Just just to to see what the feeling is like, you know, are, are people as devastated as people are saying about losing the crew? Um, you know, I, I hear from from people that, that live there that it's just completely decimated the city and, yeah. and nobody wants the crew to leave, you know? Right. So I'm going to be really intrigued to see what that atmosphere is really like over those few days that we're there. Yeah. All right, let's engage in some rampant speculation. Always. Speaking of Minnesota United. Mm. Now, this is with the proviso that I don't, we have no inside knowledge about team building or anything Mm -hmm. and i am not evaluating this based on like what i know about the cap or anything like that i'm just thinking Mm -hmm. about next year and this thing of what we hear is there you know a core group of players and they're going to be changing these players i want to talk about who who you think is still on the team next year (laughs) i knew this was coming (laughs) yeah let's do it all right now and now again and this is i want to state emphatically this is not the team's viewpoint at all this is just me and you Discussing this, okay? Okay. All right. Um, to me, here's tier one, okay? <laughs> you can delete this entire part of the podcast. <laughs> I was going to say, it's just been approved. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go for it. All but locks, I think, to be back next year. Okay. Darwin. Yep. Uh, Calvo. Mm-hmm. Molino. Mm-hmm. Schuler. Mm-hmm. Angelo. Okay. Romario Ibarra. Mm-hmm. Those last two especially because Adrian says a lot we're going to see the best of them next year, which leads me to feel like they're almost certainly going to be here. Yep. Okay. That's tier one. Tier two, which is, to me, locks unless there's something that happens. Um, because, you know, in any sport, opportunities come up. You know, it depends on what the players want, things like that. So, I'm like, this is, like, just barely below tier one. Miguel Ibarra. Yep. Ethan Finley. Mm-hmm. Michael Boxall. Mm-hmm. Brent Coleman. Mm-hmm. Eric Miller. Mm-hmm. Okay, tier two. Tier three, which is likely, I think they're likely to be back. Fernando Bob, I don't really know exactly what his, what the contract is with. It, it's, it's yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. Okay. Um, Jerry, Tiasone. Okay. Question marks I have. Okay. So that I'm, I'm beyond tears now. I'm just like, I'm not sure. Ibsen, he's older. Right. Um, Birch, he's also older. I think any of those guys, both of those guys could could retire is fully possible. Um, not yep. necessarily likely, but I think it's a question. Um, Maxi, I don't know what Maxi, they have to make a decision about Maxi, right? Yes, they do. Okay. Um, and I think he's had some really good stuff out there. They may decide they, they want to keep him. I don't know what the, I don't know what the decision is. Um, Colin Warner, who I also love, is also older, mid-30s. Uh, just, just turned 30. Just turned 30. Yep, okay. Yep. It's just the beard. It just yeah. gives him this gravitas. <laughs> I love Colin, and I think he's done tremendous work this season. Yeah, and again, yeah. I, none of this is like, I'm not, this is not like a referendum on these guys' performance. It's just sure. a question of like, who do you bring back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, probably not. A probably not category is um, Pangop and Awundi, who have not really panned out the way I think they hoped. Mm-hmm. Um, Johan Venegas, who's still, <laughs> <laughs> who's still on loan. Yes. Um, 
Alexi Gomez, I don't really see coming back. Okay. The rookies will probably will all be back because rookies are back. Yeah, I think the rookies will. The, the, the key for the rookies is they need more game time. Yeah, that's that's the the, the be all and end all for them. And hopefully, hopefully they will get some some game time. Whether it's with this team or or, or somewhere else on loan, we'll, we'll wait and see. Yeah, that I think I don't know if I missed anybody, but is there anything that just screamed out to you like, no, that's not correct? Um, <laughs> given that I don't know anything about any of this, there's the, the, there's a couple of interesting names there that. Uh, We'll, we'll wait and see. Um, <laughs> oh, you're so coy. <laughs> and look, I, I, I look, I, I have no knowledge of this either. Right. I, I just to re-emphasize this. I've just had conversations with people. Is all. Okay. Um, which would insinuate I have knowledge, but I don't. <laughs> look, th- there is there is a lot of there is going to be a lot of turnover. Yeah. There's going to be some players. Departing that I think the coaching staff and the, the, the sporting staff in general, they they didn't they didn't work out the way that they thought they would. Yeah, I think the the areas that the team are really that the team really need to invest in moving forward is I, th- I still think they need a central midfielder. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be interesting to see if Fernando Bob sticks around. Right. Um, is he the long-term answer, in my opinion? Probably not, but he is probably better than what we have had since we've been in MLS in that position. Agreed. So it wouldn't surprise me if he sticks around. Yes. I wonder if they go and get someone alongside him. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting to me. Um, I, I personally think with, with Adrian's system, you, you need some some more full-backs as well. Um, some full-backs that have got pace, uh, I think, are much needed. Um, I, I think they need depth all over, to be honest, as well, Steve. And, and, yeah. You well, know. and I think a lot of these – and, again, I think the thing is that when you talk about bringing in new guys to be starters, and that doesn't mean that, like, everybody just disappears. But I think a lot of those guys who are going to come back, they might come back as depth. Yes, you know? yes, of um, course. You know, like guys who might not – who might be starting right now, they might just find themselves as, you know um, – Support, mm. which you need, you just simply need it. It's, it's different a than a lot of sports. Season. It's a long season with a lot of international breaks and a lot of international friendlies and call ups and things like that. So, um, and I think it's tough. I mean, this is all it's, it's a business, and I think the players know this, right? And right. I think the coaching staff understands it, and it's not personal. No, no, no. Um, no, no, no. There's like I, I, there is literally, I don't think there's anybody on the team that I've had any player I've had dealings with on the team who I have not liked personally mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly like they've all been a joy to work all with. nice guys yeah for all sure. all professionals and even above and beyond that like mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of them are a lot of fun like you know uh, absolutely i'd say what's going to be very interesting i think it's december 11th is the expansion draft for okay. cincinnati sure now unless the league have changed the rules the last time i saw it you can protect 11 players you don't need to protect your designated players and you okay. don't need uh, to protect your uh, homegrown players because they're automatically protected sure um, so that that's going to be intriguing. I wonder who's going to be protected, who's going to be left out, and um, I mean, look, I, again, I I think there are several of of our players that would be very very attractive to Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, because they've got a boatload of experience in this league or or elsewhere in the world of football. So yeah. That's going to be intriguing. I think it's December 11th. Okay. Um, we'll, I mean, we'll check yeah. that, but that, that could be really interesting. <clears throat> I mean, you think about what Colin Warner did for our team. 
Absolutely, coming in yeah. yep. as a veteran, as an mm-hmm. MLS veteran. Yep. And like, you know, what he could do for a team like FC Cincinnati at this mm-hmm. point, you know, like, is that is that his role? Because it seems like something he's embraced, which is sort of yeah. going where he's needed and providing stability absolutely, um, yep. and effort and showing guys what it means to be a professional soccer player. There's, um, the, so. the, there's a reason why Colin Warner has, has bounced around um, this league for, for so long, because, you know, he obviously from our, he went to RSL in 2010, was picked up by the expansion team Montreal Impact in 2012. Uh, obviously then went to Toronto FC to play alongside Michael Bradley and give Michael Bradley the protection. Everybody in Toronto loves him. Greg Vanny loves him. Uh, I have no idea why he was traded to Houston Dynamo. Maybe they feel as though they got a great deal for him. I have no idea. But Houston, I, I would say, wasn't his, his finest hour. But he, he was surrounded, in my opinion, by a, a fairly bog-standard average team, if not a poor team. So, you know, they finished bottom of the Western Conference that year. So, yeah. and under, you know, um, precarious coaching circumstances, I think Owen Coyle was an absolute disaster in this league. So, um, and then, as you mentioned, he gets picked up by Minnesota United. So, he, he, he's a steady, stable, able player in this league. Yeah. And, and, and he would be very attractive to somebody like Cincinnati, um, as would several other of our players as well. So, we'll wait and see. Yeah. So I hope it, I don't I don't think I crossed any lines there. I didn't get too hot takey on that. I, I think you're fine. Okay. We will we'll wait and <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Again, it's just like I mean, I think that you know, you're always trying things and 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 you want to improve the team and again, I think that that depth thing is 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 very true that like what you what you ideally want is guys to not just you know, disappear. You want them to become, you want solid players to become your depth pieces mm-hmm. and then bringing people who can like elevate the level of, of the starting 11. So, absolutely. And you can, you know, you never know as well in this league. You know, we could be, you know, here tomorrow and, and someone could come in with a trade offer for next season for one of our yeah. players. And all of a sudden, you, you, you know, things change very quickly in football. That, yeah. That's one thing I, I have learned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just being on the broadcasting side, right. being on the playing side, things can change very, very quickly in this sport. Right. So we'll wait and see, but there's no doubt about it, Steve. Everyone knows this is a humongous off-season for Minnesota United, arguably the biggest in club history since they've been in Major League Soccer. So we'll, uh, yeah. we'll wait and see. Yeah, the thing is, it's, it's ever-changing, right? And it's not just, it's within MLS, right? You know, like you think about the situation with the crew, like that is fluid. Like how is that going to change going into next season like you know how is how is Atlanta going to change going into next season with a different manager like what are they going to be looking mm-hmm. for and then you look at the fact that this is also expands out to world football uh you know every team has circumstances that are constantly changing and it's always opening up opportunities yeah. for things to happen so um anyways hey look what I will say if Will Trap's available go for it <laughs> let's pick up if they make Will Trap available That's the, one. Go the for expansion it. drafts <laughs> can we get in on that all right Thanks for joining us for the 33rd Sound of the Loons podcast. Minnesota United's next match is the last of the season at Columbus Crew SC on Sunday, October 28th at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Be sure to leave us a nice review on iTunes or at the very least a five-star rating. You can follow the team on Twitter at MNUFC. You can follow Cal Williams at CalWilliams.com. I started. I was reading kids' books uh, the other day, and I just started reading them like Christopher Walken. I realized like <laughs> really? in the middle of it. Like I mean, I wasn't doing like a Christopher Walken impression. But, oh, okay, okay. Um, That's what I thought you meant. No, 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 no. My Christopher Walken impression is terrible. But it was sort of more like I was just trying to read them slowly mm-hmm. because if you read them fast and you have to read more books, it's rather it's better to just go slowly. So it was just a lot of be sure to leave us a nice review on iTunes. Um, okay, so you can follow Cal. You can follow me at Steve Ventress. And remember, there's only one person in this whole world like you, and people can like you exactly as you are.